The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. That will be the backdrop for the message. If you are ready, I'm ready. If you are ready, say yes. Okay. Obviously, we are here to get there. So are we ready now? Okay. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3 to 7. I'll read 3, you read 4. I'll read 5, you read 6, then I'll read 7. So let's start. 3. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Yes, I'm listening. Again, I will bid thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with thy tablets, and shalt go forth in the dances of them that make merry. Verse 5. Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant, and shall eat them as common things. For there shall be a day that the watchmen upon the Mount Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion, unto the Lord our God. For thus saith the Lord, Sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations. Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Hallelujah. I believe the theme for the next few weeks is on, yes, love. Yes, we have a theme for midweek service. We've shared it in the WhatsApp groups. So what is it? No, not power to prosper. You see, that shows. So please be checking. Check your WhatsApp messages. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. The joy of being loved. That's the series we'll be having for the next few weeks. The joy of being loved. I've realized that a lot of times we do not look at the full essence of some statements given to us. God has a plan concerning our welfare. And one of the things he wants you to know, what is the backdrop, what's the bedrock of why you should believe as a Christian that you will prosper? Why you should believe as a Christian you will make it in life? Why you believe as a Christian that no weapon fashion against you shall prosper? What's that thing that should be the bedrock for you? It is that you are loved by God. But a lot of times, Satan attacks that particular ideology, that particular paradigm. He attacks it with serious, serious, serious attention. He goes after it seriously. Why does he do that? Because if he knows that if as a believer you can understand that you are loved, nothing will stop you from achieving your results. If you will understand that God loves you beyond every reasonable doubt, there is nothing you will not attempt and, uh, and um, succeed see that. When you understand that God is interested in your welfare and will do anything within his power to make sure that nothing will harm you, you will dare the impossible and get it done. But a lot of times the challenge is that do we truly, 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 truly feel loved? No. If I ask a poll right now for believers here, and just ask in a general manner, how many people feel loved? I know how many hands will shoot up. But the question is this, in the circumstance, when the robber meets the road, do you truly feel that you truly are loved? That's the question. It's not what we answer in church, it's what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. It's how we carry ourselves, because whatever you truly believe is what we show in your habits, is what we show in your actions, and is what we show in your thoughts pattern you will be able to know of a truth that, okay, I do believe I'm loved. That's why I can dare the impossible. But when you can't dare the impossible, there is an altar of that, am I really loved? I know the Bible says so. I understand that, I've been, that pastor has preached it to me that I'm loved. Reverend K comes and says, you are loved, you are loved. I've heard it. But do I truly, truly, truly believe I'm loved? My assignment is to start the backdrop to build a foundation for you to walk upon and build upon so that in the next four weeks, you will be fully grounded 
and fully secured in that God loves you beyond every reasonable doubt and that there is nothing that can stop you if you only believe. Hallelujah. So we're just going to be going through some things. I, I decided to ask some questions that you are asking in your mind, but you will not be able to be bold enough to ask those questions if you stood before God or you stood before your pastor. So I decided to ask those questions and um, we'll be answering it together. So the first question is this, am I truly loved? That question comes into your mind. Yeah, I, am I truly loved? After all that I've done, with who I am, with the imperfections that I, I know that I have, me, I know the imperfections. Pastor preached a message, and after the message, I said, I'm not going to do it again. And yet, I find myself by Tuesday doing the same thing that I told and promised myself I will not do. So I know my perfect imperfections. I know the things I'm going through. I understand it. And even, quite sincerely, I can't even tell my spouse everything. I can't even tell my family everything. I can't even tell the next door neighbor or even my colleague in the office everything about me. Why? I'm not sure they will love me if they knew everything about me. So the question is there. Am I truly loved? Do I believe that I'm loved? If you also come from a place whereby you are starved of love growing up, that everything is just do, get there, do this, do this, do this, oh yeah, move here, do, do. and you hear only instructions, never hear a pat on the back or never hear any of those things, you are likely to think that the whole world and your whole experience, the paradigm should be that this is how it is. We just take instructions and we follow. God says we just have to do. You are not confident or aware of the fact that a lot of times the instructions he gives to you are out of love. He's so concerned about you that he has put some guardrails to make sure that you don't fall into the pit that is ahead of you that you are not aware of. So the instruction was never about him containing you. The instruction was about him restraining you from falling in. God is love. So the only capacity he has is love. So God loves you beyond every reasonable doubt. So let's wipe this mindset and this idea, this picture in your mind that God is somewhere sitting up there, you know, and is looking very mean by saying, I love you. I love you. Obviously, if it were like that, then you already know that the, the statements do not correlate with the body posture. So you are aware that that statement does not really carry the full essence of what that person is saying. No, this is how God is. He's all smiling, all ready, all hugging, and saying, I love you. He's like that puppy that does not want to leave you. He's there, I love you, I love you. That's the kind of God we have. He's not the God looking out to punish you. He's the God looking out to help you. So we're going through some scriptures. I want us to read it for ourselves. That's why we'll be reading together. So it's not pastor preaching. It's we reading. Amen? So let's go through some scriptures. Am I truly loved? Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8. I hope you permit me to keep telling you, read, I read. And I hope you will do better in this particular one. So Romans chapter 5, if you have your Bible, projector team, help them. Those that don't have Bibles, oh, okay, no problem. The Lord is a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. You see, that's why you should have your Bible. Sometimes, some things will not just work. I had it in two places. If this one breaks down, I move to this one. If this one breaks down, I call for a Bible. We will still read this thing, whether we like it or not, because the devil will not stop us from hearing it. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8. So let's read. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, paraventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. I need to interject. I remember my wife saying that uh, she would not die for anybody. And I was like, huh? what, 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 what? I thought you would die for me. But she, had, you know, she was very clear and very open to say, I cannot die for anybody. Uh, no, 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 no. So um, I want to ask this simple question. Ladies, why is it that you say it's a man's world when the man is the one running up and down, doing everything to just make sure that you're okay and everything, we will do everything and after everything, when the children grow up and who are they going to be talking, calling mommy and we are wondering what happened to the men. Then you now say it's a man's world. I don't get it all. Okay. 
And robber comes and he knocks on the door and just says, pom, pom, go and check. Ah, we should check together now. I don't get it. But uh, that's, that's how it is. So in my own interpretation, I think for a married man, it's, it's a woman's world, though. I don't know. How many married men are saying so? Oh, 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 are they waving? Oh, they are waving. Okay, let's, let's, sorry. We will not go there. So, let's go on. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely, scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, paraventure for a good man, war, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet anini, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from his wrath to him. So while we were Anini, the serial killer, and we were the serial rapist, and we were the serial liars, we were the serial, this Christ died for us. Let me break it down. It simply means this. That let's say, please come, let's say that I have been told, eh? That my son, assume, my son has broken every, every kind of rule there is. As in, you know the kind that when you hear, people are saying, okay, no, let me put it this way. We can relate with this. After all money spent, after everything, this guy decides to bomb White House. He walks into White House based on his father's rule. You know, they know him, they know me in, uh, in White House. So they allowed him to come in. He came in, sat with the president, and while talking, he brought out the bomb and blew the White House, and the president died with him. Now, how many of you know that any parent, what is salt, will normally say, I brought him up well. I don't understand it. But, uh, <laughs> Let justice uh, be served. Very few parents will say, ah, he's my son. He's my son. I, I don't know, but I have to stand there in trial with him. How many parents will stand in trial with their son while he's facing the American justice? You, you understand? American justice. Then you now stand and say, <clears throat> he's my son. Most parents won't. So God looked at us in our worst state. You can have your seat. With all the worst sin you can have available, he saw it, knew about you, knew about everything you are going to do from A to Z till you die. He had already known what you will do and commit. And yet he says, I love you. That's what this means. He knows all your faults even before you know it. And says, I love you. He's aware of your shortcomings but still says, I look past it and I love you. While preparing, God gave me this word. He said, I love you enough to look over your faults and still help you. That's why I remain faithful, even when you aren't faithful. That's why I love you. I have sworn to love you. I have sworn to help you. It's my desire to help you. I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know what you are capable of doing, but yet I still love you. That's what it means. John chapter 15, verse 9. John 15, 9. Praise God. Okay? It says it this way. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you, and continue in my love. As the Father has loved me. It's not a different kind of love. It's the same level of love that God was willing to forget about everything and send his son, his only son into the world, sacrifice his son to die for you. And that same love that God has for you, that he sent his son, is still the same love that he has. Hallelujah. It's still the same love that he has for you and in you. Okay. Oh, help me, Jesus. Okay. We'll try. Hallelujah. You see, when you are not that tall, there's a problem. Okay. John 15, we've read that. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. Very quickly. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not what he's saying there. I'm only quoting it for myself. Okay. But God... 
who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins. Notice. We're dead in sins. Hath he quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. You had nothing to do with it. He chose you before you had anything you could do with it. He chose you before you even tried to make an attempt to come his way. In fact, you did not make an attempt. He was one that made the attempt. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever will believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So before you even thought about that idea that I want to be a Christian, he had loved you already. So he, he already, and the thing about it is that if it was that he just got to know you and then now love you, it would have been a different thing. How many of you know that um, as married couples and sometimes even as um, singles, when you uh, get to know the other partner and you are just getting to know, oh, wow, 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 there's something moving you and you are like, okay, 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 that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, all those uh, mosquitoes, sorry, um, butterfly. It's not mosquito. Butterfly in the stomach is just moving. And you're moving and you're so happy. But then you learn one or two things. And it's like, uh-uh. How far now? <laughs> Bros. Um, please, I need to tell you something very serious. Uh, it's something that could change our relationship. But, but you know you've promised me that you will love me for the rest of your life. Ah, uh, yes now. Waiting. Uh, I'm for you. Uh. Uh, you see, I'm, I'm battling with um, HIV right now, and I'm thinking uh, we can pray together and believe God. Yeah, yeah. Pastor, uh, I did not, see, I, I didn't hear God really, really, really. Pastor, uh, you, you see, if God is not an author of confusion, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you heard. <laughs> because uh, Jesus saw you with your HIV and still loved you. He saw your worst state and still loved you. He saw what you could do and still loved you. There is nothing you are going to bring before him that you already don't know about and has not already taken a, a, an action to make sure that that thing is done away with. That's why he shed his blood before the foundation. That's why he was the lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. Before, 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 before the foundations of the earth. So that anything that will come after has already been taken care of. You are loved. You are loved. Look at your neighbor, say you are loved. Look for another neighbor and tell that person you are loved. Regardless of the situations you are going through, whatever you are going through, never ever allow the devil to lie to you that you are not loved. You are loved. Never ever take that thing. Okay, let me even go there. For some of us, we've had inferiority complex and it's still based on the fact that you don't feel you are loved. You feel, oh, well, if they knew, you know, I'm too, I'm too short. I'm too skinny. I'm too this. Who will love me? Who, 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 who? So you feel, let me just enter quietly and just move gently and just go to my seat gently. After the service, I just go out quietly. Nobody needs to notice me. Why should I bother anybody with my presence? No. Bother me, please. Bother everybody with your presence because you are loved. God sought out everybody while he was looking for you. He created you. Do you know what he had to do? He had to fight between 16 million options and choose one and say, you, you will be created. So the sperm came, touched the egg, the egg that only creates you, and he created you. So he knew beforehand that he loved you. For some of us that watched um, Avengers Endgame, you just finished watching it, and you saw that um, was Doctor Strange said that um, you know there were many options. You and and um, who was um, Iron Man? I think Iron Man asked him, "Are you sure this option that you said you saw, which is the only option out of so many, you are sure this option will work?" Uh, you know that question had to be asked. That's the question you are still asking. I'm not Dr. Strange, but I'm telling you, the option will work. Because God saw you, knew you, and still felt you will make it. He had 16,000, in fact, 
Um, the doctors will tell me that that's not accurate. In fact, he has more options. Am I right, doctor? Yes, plenty more. I just, I'm using 16,000 to just mention it. But he had enough options to choose from. You could have been taller than this, shorter than this, fatter than this. He, he had many options. Your hair could have been white. You could, you could have been anything. But he chose you to come out. You. Not any other. You. Not another option. You. Tell your neighbor again, I am loved. Uh, sometimes we need to know who is loving us. You understand? Uh, if it's your best friend that is loving you, you are not that, you are okay as a lady, maybe at 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Uh, when you start reaching 38, 40, 50, and it's still only your best friend that loves you, you begin to wonder, is there no other person that can love you? Am I right, ladies? Uh, 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 men, are, am I right? When it's always, ah, chop, loco, boom, boom, chop, ah, and there's no other person that you can uh, put to the side and uh, just hold small. Uh, if there's nobody like that, you begin to wonder what is up. Uh, we need to know who loves us. So let's know who loves us. Who is that person that truly loves us, that cares about us? Psalm 86, verse 15. Psalm 86. We are going to be looking through, you know, today's Bible study. Uh-huh. Yes. So we are going to be studying Bible. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So 86 verse 15. What does it say? But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. I need to read it from um, easy to easy read in a version. It says, But you, O Lord, are a God that loves people and gives them mercy. You are slow to become angry, and you are full of kind love. You do not leave your people when they have trouble. Eh? You do not leave your people when they have trouble. That's the person that loves you. He doesn't leave you when you have trouble. He's ever there with you. He's an ever-present help even in times of trouble. He's there. He's there. He's around you. If you only beckon on him, he will answer. It's like a man that is fighting in the boxing ring, and you're fighting, no, sorry, wrestling ring, and you're fighting, fighting, and you have a partner that has been waiting, has been stretching out, who you are now tapping, and you have been beating. Then you now have the opportunity to run to your corner. Then you now say, no, let me continue fighting. You are the one that has problem. It's not your partner. Give your partner that opportunity to come into the ring and win the match on your behalf. So the problem when you are going through trouble is not that there was no option. It was that you did not take the option and tap him in. He loves you too much to leave you in trouble. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Notice he did all those things and just asked you to put your name on it. Finish. Why are you the one that died? Why are you the one that shed blood? Why are you the one that told him, God, love me now? You didn't do any of those things. All he said that whoever will believe in him, just put your name there will not perish, but have everlasting life. Just put your name. Just put your name. I go to work, do all the work, do everything, do everything. And I now say, just sign the check. It's your name. Just sign the check. Then you sign the check, you collect the money. Who did the work? The person that signed check? Or the person that did the work? Someone did the work, but you're coming to take it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He has done everything to make sure that you are okay. He has done everything to make sure that you are all right. He has done everything that he needs to do to make sure that you live a good, productive life. So there is no reason why you should think that God does not love you. He loves you all the same. With your faults and all, he loves you. With everything, he still loves you. Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's see how he thinks. You understand? Let's just see how God thinks. I want to do many good things for you, the Lord says. I'm reading easy English version. I want you to become rich and strong. And I don't want to hurt you. I want you to believe that you will have a good future life. That's the God that is talking to you. That's the God that is crazy about you. That's the God that is interested in your welfare. 
That's your lover. The one that is willing to give all to have you. The one that is willing to do all to help you. The one that is willing to do all to back you up. The one that when the courts of justice stand to say, condemned, he rises up and says, discharged and acquitted. And you're wondering how I paid the price once and for all. You can't beat us twice. I've been beaten. He cannot be beaten. I've died so that he does not have to die. I've been poor so that he does not need to be poor. I've been broke so that he does not need to be broke. I've had all kinds of things placed on my body. So every bodily ailment, he has already placed it on his body. When they were flogging him, the Bible says that he was, he was someone that you could not look at. They are beating him blue, black. All kinds of things in the spiritual, all kinds of diseases and sicknesses has already been laid upon him. It was already laid upon him. So the reason why it was laid upon him was so that you will not have any of it coming upon you. And if anyone is coming upon you, you have a right, a God-given blood-bought right to refuse it from happening to you. You are loved. You are loved. So what's in it for me? That's the next question I know that most of us usually ask. <laughs> uh, okay, this, this, uh, this, our series that we want to do now, <laughs> uh, uh, Joy of Being Loved, what's in it for me? Why should I come on midweek service? Let us, uh, why? Is it not me doing service? It's normal. It's normal service. They will just tell us, hey, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved. You're loved, 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 loved. And I go out and I say, I'm loved. No, what's in it for me? Because sometimes we ask those questions, but we don't ask it outside. It's inside the mind. Huh? Yes, we know. Why, how do I know? Because me too, I ask those questions sometimes. We're all human beings here. So I ask those questions. And I'm, why? Do I need to come again for another service? Why do we tell me I am loved? <laughs> Just tell me why. Do, I, do they need to teach me faith again? The fact that I'm alive is faith now. <laughs> why? Do they need to teach me about prosperity? Why? Why? Okay, let me tell you one reason why. Because thy life has not yet shown us that you know why. You know. Because if it was showing us, ha, ha, there are many more things to preach in the Bible. But those things are being said over and over again so that it may sink in. And maybe this last time, it will break forth into your hearts and you will begin to work with that revelation and produce results. So that's why you are being brought again one more time to hear that you are loved. That's why. Because if really, 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 really you understood that you are loved, there are many of us that will be captains of industry now with some of the things we know. There are many of us that will have businesses booming with some of the things we have in our hands. There are many of us that will be living much better lives if we understood that we are loved. Even I, while I was preparing for this message, so many areas where I still had to ask questions that, Lord, so you mean you love me this much? So, you, you, you know, you, oh Lord, you love me too much, oh, eh, too much. Oh. You sing the songs, but do you truly believe the song? Because I, I actually asked for that song, because me, I like the song. So, but while preparing, I had to tell myself that, you, do you truly believe that he loves you too much? Oh? Excess love, oh. Because if it's excess love, there are some things in my office I'll be daring that I'm not daring right now. So, being loved, what is in it for me, Pastor? Talk. I will talk now. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 to 39. Romans chapter 8. But even if these troubles happen to us, we will always beat them completely. Christ has shown how much he loves us, and he makes us winners over every kind of trouble or problem. 
Nothing can make us separate from God who loves us. I am completely sure about that. Whether we are alive or dead, it does not matter. Neither angels nor bad spirits nor any other powerful spirits can stop God from loving us. Neither things that are now nor future things can stop him loving us. Neither anything that is above the world nor anything below the world can stop him. There is nothing else in the whole world that can stop God from loving us. Christ Jesus, our Lord, causes us to know how much God loves us. I read it in context so that you can first see what he's promising. Then I now want to show you something. He has said that in verse 37. But even if these troubles happen to us, we will always beat them. That's what's in it for you. You will always be a conqueror more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Because he loves you, that's what's in it for you. If you've not yet taken it, it does not mean that there was no capacity for you to have it. When you have a phone, I know some people right now, and even me, that have phones that you've not touched some apps in that phone before. Why? You do not know what it will do for you. And when you do, you find out that there's a new world that just opened up to you. You find that out. So there are capacities on your inside, in your human spirit right now, that you have not yet unlocked. All because you have not fully convinced yourself that God loves you. There is no circumstance or situation that should come to you if you truly understand that God loves you, that you will not beat. Christ has shown us how much he loves us and he makes us winners over every kind of of trouble or problem. He makes us winners. That's what's in it for you. Number one. Verse 32 of that same chapter. God did not even refuse to send his own son. Instead, he gave his son to die on behalf of all of us. So certainly, say with me, certainly. Okay. God will always be happy to give us all things. With his son. Eh? Sorry, let's read this. Oh, sorry. This translation may be faulty. Can we check KJV? No, just in case. It may be faulty. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Okay, still faulty. Sorry. Don't mind me. Let's just check one more translation, just in case. You know, sometimes they may make some mistakes. The one who did not spare his own son, ISV, but offered him as a sacrifice for all of us, surely will give us all things along with his sons, won't he? So everything you need in life, he's willing to give you. Because the show that he's willing to do it for you is that he sent his son. He did not withhold his son. Now, I want to use this example. <clears throat> If I ask one of my friends now to give me his daughter, without, so the person that answered does not yet have, but he's already thinking, ha, daughter, how come, how far? And we are friends, so did you hear? You can see. The owner has said, <laughs> and you are wondering, why would they give you? It's precious to them. Why should they give you? If I have two now, I've just seen the second one. Why should they give you? Precious to them. Ah, my friend will change from my friend. Ah, how far? You have boys. Stay with your boys. It's okay. Why do you need my girl? Ah, to be my daughter. Ah, no, no. My daughter. Okay, I've seen even three, uh, surprisingly. There are plenty around me. You see now? And the truth is this, none of them will give you. It's not because it's me that they are not giving me. They won't give you two. <laughs> they won't. And why would they give you? It's precious. But God's precious son, his only son, he was willing to give it to you. So I ask you, now, with the friends that answered me, if I ask them for 100,000 and they have it, they will give me. No thinking involved. But yet, they will not give me their daughter. But they will give me 100,000. So the God that gave you his precious son, will he not give you 100,000? One million, he will do so. Five million, he will do so. 
Why? He did not withhold anything from me. Our friendship is so strong that he does not withhold anything from me. First John 4, 9 to 10. Like I told you, we are building a case for ourselves so that we'll be hopefully convinced and we'll walk out of here with that revelation. This is how God's love was revealed among us. God sent his unique son into the world, unique son, into the world so that we might live through him. This is love, not that we have loved God. So it was not us that was reciprocating, but that he loved us. He's the one that initiated and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Permit me to use this. My friend gives me his daughter to die for my sins. Ah, that's a serious friendship. If I see that one, we are going to heaven together quickly. But, it wasn't a, but God did that for us. He did that for us. He did that for us. So what's that sin that is disturbing you? What's that transgression that is stopping you? What's the iniquity that is stopping you? Break free from it. Because just like Jesus spoke to that woman and said, go and sin no more. That's what he still is saying till tomorrow. Go and sin no more. I do not condemn you. Why? I have paid the price. I was the one that paid the price. Not you. I paid the price once and for all for you. 1 John 3, 1. Pastor T has used this scripture. We just buttress it again. See what kind of... Okay, I'm reading from ISV. See what kind of love the Father has given us. We are called God's children, and that is what we are. For this reason, the world does not recognize us because it did not recognize him either. You know, you know your KJV, so let's see it. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. The operational word there is what manner of love the Father has towards us. That's what's in it for you. That manner of love is on. How can I say it? Yes, thank you. There's no end to it. No end. No end in sight to that love. No end in sight. That love is so great, so big, so awesome, so excessive. There's no end in sight. Why do you think he wrote so many of those examples in the Bible? Why do you think he did so? He wrote those examples so that we can be confident that he loves us. The prodigal son's example in the Bible, Jesus could have given other stories, but he made sure that one entered into the Bible. Why? So as to prove to you that no matter how far you have gone, my arms are always still open. Anytime you are ready to come back, I will still hug you. Remove the dirty clothes upon you. Clothe you with the best of clothes. Put the signet ring back on your hand. Kill the fatted cow and say, you are my son. That's why I wrote it. Are there any strings attached? You know, that, that question comes to mind. How many people have ever thought about it? With all this love that they have been telling me, is there something attached? Most of you will not lift up your hand in church. How, How will you lift up you? Uh -uh. Who is the sinner here? Nobody. But in your mind, you are thinking, God is giving me all these things. That's why he's saying I should serve him more, and then I should, you know, I should just be serving him and working for him. Those are the strings you think that are attached. 
That's why, you know, I, I, you know uh, when we are fasting, you know, this, this fasting, well, it's, it's for God, though. It's for God, though. It's for God, though. Then you, you drop your offering. It's for God, though. Then you do your service. It's for God, though. Then you do another. It's for God. Your it's for God means that you think it's a string attached to the love that he has for you. If you have a proper understanding that everything you are doing is response to his love, because you are not the one that initiated. He was the one that initiated his love towards you. He's the one that helped you. He saw you beforehand and helped you. All you are only needed to do was to just put your name on it, and you put your name on it. So there is responsibility placed upon you to keep showing that you appreciate. Your service is an appreciation of his love. Your sowing seeds is an appreciation of his love. You're doing whatever for God. Whatever thing you are doing for God is an appreciation appreciation. It is not a repayment. It can never repay the blood of Jesus. Understand it. It cannot. You serve from now till kingdom come. It does not repay the blood of Jesus. You give all that you have and you are burnt on the stake thinking it's for Jesus. It still does not pay the price that was paid, the blood of Jesus. That's why you see in 1 Corinthians 13, when it says that, ah, even though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, I am nothing. That not love is that you understand that it was not about you, it's about him. It's never about you. In fact, if you will not remember anything in this Christian life, put this as a major marker. It's never about you. None of the things you are experiencing, none of the things you have is about you. Even when Satan is fighting you, it's not about you. It's nothing personal. You are not, ah, it's nothing personal. It's never about you. So if you understand that, you can lean on your elder brother and help him to come in so that he can fight on your behalf. It's never about you. Never. You cannot do anything to qualify for that love. You cannot. You can start now and end and you still will not have qualified for the love that Jesus has for you. So when I do anything, it's in appreciation of his goodness. When I give all that I have, it's in appreciation of his goodness. When I sacrifice, it's in appreciation of his goodness. I am too blessed by him. To un- I know that if I left to myself, how many of you have ever felt it that if I was the judge, male, I was the judge, and I was the convict that was in front of the judge. Even I will send them to hell. I have, I have felt that way many times. God, I don't understand it. That you still forgive me. Left to me. I will send him. Me. I will send him. Hell. Go. Go. Quick. And I will. But he still does not do any of those things. He doesn't. He doesn't. He loves you too much. Loves you unconditionally. Hmm. So is there any string attached? First John chapter 4. Let's check it. 4. 16. KJV. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him. We love him. We love him, because he first loved us. So everything said so far, the reason why I love him is because he first loved me. The reason why I serve is because he first loved me. The reason why I give is because he first loved me. The reason why I try my best to abstain from sin is because he first loved me. So it's really not about me. It's about that he started it first. It's about him. Never about you. The string attached is that just appreciation. How many a guy will buy a very expensive gift? In fact, a, a situation comes to mind. 
had not yet known this lady. So I was uh, toasting one lady. Mm -hmm. Like you, mm -hmm. yes. So I happened to have one um, PP, um, part-time job, something like that, that I was going to earn money then. So I worked for three months, just taking out money for transportation, mm. just continuing, mapping it together. When it's mapped together and was well-structured, I went to the market mm, to show my love. And I bought a chain, gold chain, in my estimation. Bought the chain. At that time, 7,500. Wait, 7,500 was something then, please. I'm talking about, what was it? 2000, 2000, 2000, 2000, 2001, 2000, 2001, one of those, it was something. So, dropping in and then on top of that, the lady is not in Lagos. So, I structure money and travel to Joss to go and present the sacrifice of three months. <laughs> and you now present the sacrifice of three months. Again, you know, you know, you 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 know, you dramatize. You know, I just want to just show you that I love you and all that. And so so so, please just uh, take this token of my love and all that. Pack them. And the lady says, "Oh, thank you, thank you." She opens it. I say, uh, "Is there any problem?" Ah, no, 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 no. Ah, no, please, is there any problem about it? You know, you know, confidence that are uh, seven five, no, no, seven five. I spell seven five. Uh, you know, is is the fake? Ah, <laughs> fake. Yes, is the fake. Ah, it's um. What do you ladies call it? Um, panda. Uh, but no, it wasn't panda. It was um. There's one you could. GL is GL. Ah. I said, no, 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 no. Check it very well. It's 7,500. That was when the amounts came out of my. Because it's three months, three months of saving. Then you're not telling me it's Panda Abbey, GL. It must not be GL. But the lady knows what she's saying because she uses it. And that was what I was trying to, you know, just buy you a very nice chain, gold chain for that matter. And only for me to buy GL, you know, great liar. And just buy it, I drop it for, for her. So she collected, well, well, it's the thought that matters. Ah, it was not thought that mattered to me. <laughs> eh? Hello? It was not thought that mattered to me. Ah, I felt pained. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I felt very pained. But at the end of the day, I realized something. When Jesus paid the price, it was not Panda. It was not GL. It was original. 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 So, if it was original I bought for her, what should have been her reaction? Oh, that's so, oh, oh. That was the reaction. But we did not get that reaction because it was GL we bought. <laughs> But while we are laughing, let me pose this to you. What reaction have you given Jesus over the GL, no, over the original he gave to you? That's why we serve. That's why we sow seeds. That's why we sacrifice. Because he first sacrificed. It was not three months. It was not. It was eternity that he gave to give us life. Eternity, not three months. It's painful for guys, you will realize the kind of pain to have dropped, and you know, and they now get it's okay, no worries. The thought that counts, ah, no, 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 this thought must is not counting. <laughs> but Jesus gave his best, he didn't send an angel, he did it himself. Did he have power to send an angel? Yes. 
But did he do that? No. He sent himself. So what next? Having heard all that, John chapter 15. Good? Still on time. Verse 10. John 15. Verse 10. In fact, let's read it in context. So, are we ready to read? So, let's read together. If, uh, KJV, if ye keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Why did he say those things? That your joy might be full. Why did he say those commandments? That your joy might be full. Why is he giving us commandments? That our joy might be full. Okay. Greater love hath no man than this. That a man lay... This is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus. Jesus. My elder brother. Jesus speaking. Greater love hath no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. I am a friend of God. Hey. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Do his commandments. I am a friend of God. Do his commandments. I am a friend of God. Do his commandments. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. You just said to do his commandments now. It's out of an expression of your appreciation for him. Don't forget that. The commandments are not grievous. The commandments are not to, restrain, uh, to constrain you. The commandments are to restrain you from evil. The commandments are to help you. They are guardrails. Nobody fights with the rails on Todd Mainland Bridge and say you shouldn't be there. No, it should be there so that you keep on the road that you should be on. Because if you swerve to the right or to the left, you will find yourself in another place entirely. You will not get to your destination. You will find yourself in a place you don't want to be in. So that's why we have guardrails. That guardrail is the commandments. So it gives us those commandments as guardrails. Not as punishment, but rather as guardrails. Not as something that is trying to constrain you, but simply as guardrails, that you do not fall off and enter into the traps of the enemy, but rather that you are able to walk in line and get to the destination he has prepared for you. For my thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end to prosper you. So, let's continue. Ye have not, no, so verse 15, verse 15, yeah, verse 15. Henceforth, I call you not servants, so you are not a servant. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. That's why we are sharing this. But I have called you friends. You see? That's why. For all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. For what reason? For what reason? Why has he ordained you? Why has he chosen you? Why has he called you? You should go and bring forth fruits, and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask, notice the reason. Whatsoever you shall ask of the father in my name, he may give it to you. Notice his end, his goal, his plans. When he's telling you to do this, his plans, the end result is that you have a good life. The end result is that it will be well with you. That's his goal. That's the reason why he's telling you some of those things. These things I command you that you love one another. So what next? Walking in love. Let the joy of knowing that you are loved, let it flow out of you. Stop bottling it up. Let it change the way you operate. Let it change the way you do things. Let it change the way you relate with people. Let it just change you. Because the truth be told, the reason why you have not really loved people as you should love them is because you've not really felt that you are loved yourself. But when you start realizing you are loved, regardless of your situation, regardless of the faults, when you understand that God loved you enough, that he knows about you, and yet he's still willing to love you. When you understand that you will love people in their imperfections and still be able to relate with them. Because even if you look at it yourself, you too, you are imperfect. I will get there. Uh, something is cropping up and I, 
It should come later. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's one of the scriptures that I grew up with as a small kid. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Who loved me? Response. Who loved me? Response. Who loved me? And gave himself up for me. So the reason why I live the way I live is because he loved me and gave himself up for me. The reason why you live the way you should live is because he loved you. He loved you enough to not leave you where you were. Many of us here, the Lord has helped you, washed you clean, made you look very honorable and presentable. If we knew what you did in the past and you, and you allowed us to know, if we knew... We may not love you like you want us to love you, but God washed you clean, made you a honorable person, and brought you forth. For some of you, you had a past that was horrible. For me, standing before you, I had a past that was horrible. Yes, you could see me, church boy, I was in front, no wala, but inside, inside, there were many things going wrong. And yet, I will still come, God bless you, you know. God has blessed some people with some very nice, calm faces, you know, if a person is like this, you, they will, they'll be suspecting you. But someone like this, they can't suspect. Ah, suspect? You can't suspect. Ah, how will you suspect that kind of face? So, so you could get away with many things. But yet, he knew me inside out. And still said, I want to call you. Ah, left to me. I'm not to be called. Based on, ah, no. Call someone else who... But he washes us, makes us look very honorable, and brings us out. Don't forget where you are coming from when you are relating with other people. Don't forget it. Because you, are, you weren't into all that before. You weren't. You were not. So you are crucified with Christ. Now, the life you live, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you. He loved you enough to look past your faults. So love people enough to look past their faults. What if I told you? Let's talk about it. What if I told you that some people have a gift whereby they know things, the spirit of seeing and knowing, and they know things usually beyond what is, known, what is physically feasible. And God puts a responsibility on them that even though you know it, you're not supposed to act with the knowledge that you know. But you're supposed to act sometimes even against what you know so that you can help the person from actually doing what you know he or she is able to do. And even when the person does what you know he's going to do or she's going to do, yet you are still responsible to act as if you did not know beforehand and still help the person within the situation. If you were that kind of person, love walk, how would it be like? That you already, pre you know beforehand something is going to happen. You are powerless to stop it, but you know beforehand. And you are supposed to walk in love with that person. How is the love walk going to be? Okay. So if some people are doing it, because prophets are doing it, too, they know ahead. If they are doing it, the one God has asked you to do, that you don't know, you are not aware, why not do that one? Because somebody else is having it harder than you, and yet is still living and able to do it. So you have a right and a responsibility to do well. Do well. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, The thoughts which I have towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil. To bring you to an expected end to prosper you. Zephaniah 3.17. We're about rounding up. Zephaniah 3.17. Zephaniah. If you are using a hard core Bible, use your table of contents. I'm only joking. But some of us are well skilled in finding it. It's at the part of the Bible. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee and he is mighty. He will save. 
He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. That's God's desire for each and every one of us. That he looks down from heaven and is rejoicing over you. We said all these various things to get to the point to understand that God is madly in love with you. He's crazy about you. Wants to love you. Tori. Tori Okay. Don't mind. He loves you unconditionally. Crazy about you. Will be willing to give his all for you because he has already done so. Will go out of his way to favor you. You are in the office right now. You are having pressures and challenges. Rest in the love that God has for you. That is able to turn around whatever situation you are in. Rest in the fact that the one that owns heaven and earth, the one that can control all things, is your father and is in love with you. Rest in the fact that there is no circumstance or situation that he cannot change. Rest in that fact. You have some obligations, challenges, projects ahead of you. Know that he will do everything within his power to make sure that project is successful. Everything. Everything. Everything within his power. See, when you understand this thing, all that remains, I can tell you sincerely, is that we keep on rejoicing. Because you've got it made. The one that we judge is your lover. The one that is your lawyer is your lover. The one that has paid the price is your lover. Then somebody thinks he's a lawyer that wants to accuse you. The judge is my lover. The lawyer is my lover. Continue. Continue. Accuse all you like. But my lawyer is vast in all laws. And he has seen that the price has been paid. Then on top of that, the one that will make final judgment is my lover. He loves me. Crazy about me. So, we have rigged it already. I and God, we have rigged it. That's how you should think when it comes to Satan and his, um, his weapons of warfare. When he's throwing some things at you, remember, he's already rigged. Remember, he's fixed already. Remember, we know the end. How many of you have ever watched a film and you, they, they show the spoiler, they show the end of the film. Then you now go to um, all the cinemas and you sit down and you're watching the film. Then you're apprehensive. When, when you know that the actor had part two. Okay. Imagine that you already know John Wick has part four. I've not watched it, so don't worry. I just saw it somewhere online. So I, I just picked it just now. Eh? You just imagine, but for some of you that have watched this, you know what I'm saying. So imagine John Wick has part four. Are you going to be afraid in part three? Or in part one? You are watching part one. No, you are not going to feel anything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fast forward, fast forward. You are not perturbed. Why you know that John Wick is getting to part two? He's getting to part three? Because for there to be John Wick part three, it means he survived part one, part two, and he's in part three. Abby? And if you know that it's part four, what are we talking about? Fast and Furious. You are watching part one and you are concerned. No, 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 no. There's part seven. So relax. He's going to go to part seven. Before the foundations of the earth, the lamb had been slain. Part 1999. The end is already in sight. We win. We win. We win. We win. 
we win. That's the end. That's the end. So even all the wala of B to Q to Z, to, no, 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 no. It does not reach Z. That's the confidence I have. My father God is the Z of the A, B, C. He's the Alpha and the Omega. So while the middle is looking one kind, I know that Alpha is there. And Omega, the end, is there. And Omega is my lover. Alpha is my lover. So whatever challenges you are facing right now, rise up to your feet. You are going to put your hand on your chest and tell yourself, I am loved. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.